True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And thanks for joining us today. Um, We had a few things pop up that we wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, Did a little research and Renee had a really cool experience with Spectrum. And we're just happy to be here to be talking to you at the moment. Even though there's no updates on the case per se, we have been doing some digging and getting some information to keep this podcast and to hopefully keep the case moving forward. Um, Renee, did you want to start off by telling us about your awesome experience with Spectrum? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so um, we received a an email from Bria, um, who had just um, um, accepted an opportunity to work with Spectrum News, which I didn't even know existed. Did you, Crystal? <laughs> no, that was news to uh, me. Yeah, totally news. So they, they have news channels with Spectrum. It's Channel One. Um, if you have Spectrum or uh, cable, it used to be called Charter. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Channel One, and they have it in Houston, Austin, and then a lot of different other states have it, but they never had it in Dallas. So anyway, they started it up in Dallas, and um, she contacted us and wanted to do a story on it, and how it came about was she had, um, her parents actually live in Midlothian, which is interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And Yeah, and so she knew about the story about Missy Beavers, so she wanted to see how far away the church was from where she, from her, where her parents lived and where she was going to be moving to, and so she checked it out and started doing research on the case. She found our podcast and I think some stuff in our group, and that's how she found out about it, and she thought, oh my gosh, what a great story to start off my new job with, <laughs> so she uh, contacted us, and, and then, you know, that's how that all came about. So in the midst of that, she um, um, wanted to do something, uh, a story on it with us about the podcast and so forth. So as everybody knows, me and Crystal don't live anywhere close to each other. We live quite a ways from each other, and you'd have to do a lot of uh, driving and a lot of traffic, mixed master stuff. So um, we decided that it would be easier, since everything is closer to where I live, to for me to do um, the story with Bria. So she came out. And as I've talked about it before, we went to the church and went to the billboard, drove by SWFA, things like that, to kind of do the story. But the way they do their news stories, it's kind of like a day in the life of. And where we didn't want to focus, obviously, on me or Crystal or anything like that, that's how they do their stories. So we still tried to um, get a good story out of the Missy Beavers and continue getting attention to the case by going ahead and doing the story. So we did it and, um, but it was still kind of focused on like me. So we're going to share the news article and the, the actual um, interview with Bria with y'all just keep in mind that that's how they do their story. So it's going to act like it's talking about me, but it, it, the real focus was actually on Missy and, and she did a really good job. We, I really enjoyed doing it with her. Um, I think it, I think she did a great job, and uh, we just wanted to let everybody know kind of how it works because she does talk about woman buys billboard, but it does talk about in the article how 
um, we had other people donate and um, Sherry Phillips from uh, Ellis County Crime Stoppers, they donated the other half that we needed. So anyway, just wanted to kind of update everybody on that and how it kind of works. The article was, but, but you know, it does include everybody in the article. So um, I was real happy with it. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And that's funny, you know, about their day in the life way that they do things. It is really cool. It's kind of like, it's like an alternate way to to present the news in a more story fashion. It was really cool. I appreciated that. When she called me initially, I was thinking, I don't know, you know, I don't want attention on me or on us. So I was ready to just go, thanks, you know, for contacting us and just letting it go. But I'm so glad that you sort of picked up the baton and made it work because it it ended up turning out really cool. And um, it's really neat that, you know, you're down there in Ellis County and where all the action is and you guys got to go to the billboard and go to the church. That was really, really cool. Um, I was just trying to figure out like, what would she do up here in Frisco? Like this has nothing to do with the murder. (laughs) She would just like, Hey, do you want to go to Kroger and go grocery shopping with me? (laughs) Exactly. I know. I I was kind of, uh, I was kind of, uh, you know, kind of, confused too and then I talked to our friend Dale and he kind of said you know how about this and I was like yes that would be perfect so anyway Dale it should out, be like our producer he'd probably be too embarrassed know, to be there right <laughs> be like yeah. no it's, we, it's okay <laughs> no he thanks. has good ideas for us for sure <laughs> oh my gosh he do, he has inspired so many of our podcasts and helped us he keep has. going and <laughs> and he totally designed that show and they inspector thought it was a great idea so thanks again Dale Yes, um absolutely. okay so yeah that was awesome I'm so glad you did that I almost just sort of blew that opportunity off because I didn't understand it so that ended up being great that you could do it and that Dale figured out a way that it would work for everyone um okay so all right so I decided to switching gears a little bit you know the forensic podiatrist that analyzed persons of interest in this case um, his name is Dr. Nuremberg and apparently, from what we understand, Renee, is he was sent, he's up in Indiana, so uh-huh. he was apparently sent, I guess they FedExed it or something, um, videos uh-huh. of the perpetrators walking. And oh, okay. so, like, every time they interviewed someone, my understanding is they would have them walk, because, you know, the gate is a big part of this this um, case, or at least... Right. Or at least probably is. We're not real sure about that. Um, could have been affected by what they were wearing. Therefore, if you come in wearing your regular tennis shoes or whatever, as we call them in Texas, tennis shoes. Um, <laughs> I know in other parts of the, you know, sneakers, athletic shoes, what have you. But right. if you just come in in your regular everyday shoes, you may not walk like you walked that day as the perp. So, but anyway, um, the forensic podiatrist analyzed all these videos of the persons of interest walking and he talked about he was featured on that hln show that we have referenced many times it's a series on hln on demand called crime lies and video and missy's missy's episode is episode four and it's called murder in the church and dr nuremberg is actually featured on there it was really cool and he says that he, you know, he said something very interesting in that show. You could almost miss it if you're not listening very carefully. Um, he said that the perpetrator is double jointed. And that's just interesting. You know, we've talked before, you and I have, about how the perpetrator kind of has that look in their legs that it almost looks like they're, which of course we know they don't, but 
it just has that kind of look. And I, I think I told the story last time about how when I was a kid, I used to really fixate on people who had that because it kind of, when they're standing, it kind of looks like their knees are bending backwards. Um, but anyway, apparently the perpetrator has something like that. And mm-hmm. I never really thought about it that much um, until recently. And, and again, our friend Dale has been um, pointing the stuff out about people who appear to have that same shape leg. And I, um, I decided actually, uh, I decided to ask Dr. Nuremberg because of Dale's questioning and stuff. And so I sent Dr. Nuremberg a message through messenger. He's written me back before super nice guy, but of course he, many times I've asked him questions and, and he said, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to say that. You know, I said, how many people did you, how many people did you analyze? Um, I think I asked, I asked something else a little more pointed. I can't remember. I'll have to look through my messages, but um, anyway, long story short, he was super nice, but it was also obvious he had been told not to share, which right. totally, which totally makes sense. It's a wide open investigation. Um, but so I wrote him this time, which was uh, just the other night. I asked him, um, hi, Dr. Norberg, um, blah, blah, blah. Hope you're staying well. And then I said, I, on the special on Missy Beavers, you mentioned the perp is double jointed. Is that double jointed in reference to the perp's knees or some other body uh, body part? I just kind of got to thinking that like, I took it for granted. He meant the legs, but what if he didn't, you know? So I just kind of wanted to clear it up. And then I said, I'm fairly certain you were referring to the legs. I just want to be sure. And I sent him a picture that Dale had actually sent me of someone standing like how I was describing where it almost looks like their knees bend backwards and their calves kind of curve out behind them um, a little bit. And uh-huh. so yeah, this is really funny. I think he was just trying to, he's always been, a, you know, chatty in the past and willing to talk, just can't say much. But this time he just gave me a thumbs up. And I said, thank you so much. That's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. But I just thought that was funny. He confirmed it without, he was probably like, oh no, I can't get into any more conversations. Um, But let's see here. Oh, I had asked him last year in 2019, I had asked him, who are the other people um, in the church that you compared walks to? I know you couldn't eliminate Bobby Wayne Henry, sought in a search warrant, but who else did you observe? He wrote back. He said, hi, I'm not allowed to reveal their identities. I'm sorry. That was nice of him to say, I'm sorry. He could have just been oh, yeah. like, hit the road, you know? And <laughs> right. so, and then later, like a month or so later, I asked him how many other people did you compare? Was it just a few or was it more like 10? And he wrote back and he said, hi, I'm not allowed to discuss the details at this time. <laughs> I'm sorry. He always says, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's very nice. nice. Didn't he yeah. seem nice in the show too? But anyway, this time he just gave me a thumbs up. I think what he was trying to do is just be like, I have been told I can't say anything. Yeah, um, I'll just do this and you can get it or not. <laughs> yeah, but that was nice of him to at least confirm it because he probably knew that it was driving me crazy. Right. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, so now when we're looking at potential persons of interest, it's kind of fun to have this new thing to look for. And because on, honestly, by fun, I mean, we want to get to the bottom of who killed Missy and it really helps us now when we're looking at potential persons of interest to now kind of think about how do their legs work? Do they have a double jointed knee area? Um, so that's just really something I hadn't considered before, which I don't know why, but, and here we are all these years and months later. Now that's 
a big deal. So well, um, we probably never thought we were going to be, you know, digging down into things like this uh, to the nitty gritty. You know, we probably thought we were just going to be, you know, waiting for the police to say that they arrested someone and that was going to be it. We had no idea we were going to be checking out people's walks and what kind uh, of, you know, joints yes. they have and things like that, you know? Yeah, for real. It's just that we had no idea we would still be here almost five years later for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that I just wanted to mention that about the podiatrist, and um, okay, I'm so glad you mo- did because that's 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 a good one uh, that that really helps a lot, you know. Yeah, it's just interesting to kind of have one more clue that I kind of just glossed over that in the past, you know. And I wa- I watched the HLN show so many times, and he made that double jointed comment. I don't know why I didn't latch onto it before. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, um, okay, so we've talked about the Spectrum Media update. And we talked about Dr. Nuremberg, the forensic podiatrist. And moving... I think I'm most excited about this one. Oh, I know. <laughs> Me too. This one, literally, were we cheering? I almost ran off the road. I was driving when I called. I was driving <laughs> on my way to see a client. Um, okay. So, yeah, I had a closing in Arlington, and I knew I was going to drive for a while. I was like, well, don't worry. I'll just call on my way to Arlington. Remember that? Okay. Yes. So, here we go. Okay. So... Renee and I have been dying to figure this out and some people think we're nuts and that's okay, but we have had someone we know insist that there is a button on the door at Creekside Church where Missy would always go in under the awning when she was setting up for her class. And somebody said that what would happen is she would go in, she would set up or whatever, but she would unlock the doors but there would be some button that the people who came early would have to push to get in, but it would have to be unlocked for the button to work, which kind of makes sense. But we just have never seen this anywhere in the world. Um, and so <laughs> anywhere in the world, exactly. <laughs> so we were trying to figure it out. Well, so, I mean, it just, you know, let's, 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 let's go a little further with this. Let's just think about it for a second. So you go to a door. Okay. Let's say, <laughs> Missy goes to the door, she unlocks the door, she goes inside. For whatever reason, the door locks behind her, which, okay, that part is good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But another person comes along and just pushes a magic button and the door just instantly opens. Now, what is the point of having a button there? If the door is locked, it should just stay locked and you should either have to have a key to get in or she should have to open it to let you in. So, this button, I can't even imagine the salesperson selling this. Because they're going to be like, hey, this button is great. You're going to push the, they're going to, people are going to have to push the button to get in. And if they don't know it's there, then, you know, that's going to be great. But what if they figure it out? Then everybody's going to push the button. They're going to get in. Well, yeah. What's the point of, yeah, what's the point in a, in in any kind of door security if all you got to do is walk up from the outside and just press a button to get and in. Just push a button and get in. It makes no sense at all. So <laughs> I, I, you know, and the thing is, is we, we, we sort of verified this a while back. I don't know, maybe three, it was probably about four months ago. It, it was during the quarantine. I know that Yeah. whenever I talked to the, um, I somehow, I posted something on the internet on Facebook and asked, does anybody know somebody who has a, owns a door company? And I just happened to have a friend that had a door company or had a friend who had a friend who owned a door company. And it just so happened this person that owned this company was the person that repaired the doors at the church. So I contacted him, super nice guy. 
And he told me, I've been in the church. I were, you know, repaired, put the doors in, whatever, before the murder. I also went and did it after the murder, replaced some doors and did some adjusting, things like this, uh, that were broken, messed up, whatever. And he said, there's no button. He said, there's a doorbell type thing. Well, let's clarify something. He actually was called out to fix what the perpetrator had broken. Um, He he came out there strictly. I mean, he had installed the doors way before that, but he was the one that was called in to do the repairs that the perp had messed up. So that is just, that is amazing that that happened to be the contact that you got a hold of. Cause I know, I I know, I I know. I remember when you said you called him, you didn't realize it was them that fixed it. You were just hoping it was a door company that could help answer some questions like we did with the security, like our guests that from the security company, right. They didn't actually put in the security, but they knew about them. But so, yeah, I remember you said that the guy driving was like, Hey, when did we do that? And you were like, Oh, Oh my gosh it was actually them hey did yeah they... he goes remember when we went over there to fix the doors whenever after missy got killed and they, oh i was gosh. like yeah that was shocking I know. hey do you think they would be on the podcast we talked about that uh, you know i we could definitely try yeah let's I, ask them don't let me don't let me forget that i, I definitely yeah. will um, yeah yeah i wasn't sure if you had gotten around to asking them yet so we'll, well, no you know that. me i forget from one day to the next i need to put my little to-do list up but yeah well, so he, you know um, why it's because you just have nothing else to do i know i know exactly <laughs> i'm just waiting around just going let's do a podcast because i got nothing else to do yeah <laughs> yeah he he actually said um that he had to push a doorbell and or it's like a you know button that you push and i guess it does a buzzer inside and then somebody on the inside says you know hello can i help you and hi i'm you know the person here to repair the doors and i guess they look at your security and then you you know they open the door and let you in uh, but he said he wasn't aware of any type of button that lets you in and i figured he would know if he installed the doors you know i mean okay okay so so, so getting back to where i was going to the, with this i called creekside church that day this is pretty recently when was this a week or two ago last last week i thought oh yeah it wasn't even a week ago probably so yeah. Um, yeah, it was a week ago today, actually, because my closing was on Friday. So I'm on my way to see a client and go to a title company. And I had a little bit of a drive ahead of me. So I said, I'll call, I'll do it. Cause Renee and I talked about it. You know, when are we going to handle this? And I said, let me just do it now. I was getting ready to leave. So, um, I get on the road and I call Creekside, <clears throat> a lady answers. There was a lot of noise in the background. It was kind of chaotic. Um, I think what it was, was the preschoolers. They didn't have a preschool back when Missy was killed, but they do have a preschool there at the church now. And I could kind of hear the kids like changing classes or like going outside or something. And woman goes Creekside church and there's the kids in the background. And I just said, hi. And I just, I didn't say I had a podcast or anything. I just said that, you know, there's some controversy about there's someone that is speaks publicly on the case and had said that there is a button you can push to bypass the door and get in. Is that accurate? And she said, uh, she goes, I have been the, um, office manager of Creekside church for six years. She said, I was here when, um, the murder occurred. And she said, I can assure you there is no button to get in. And I was just like, yay, we got it cleared up. And then she goes, (laughs) now we do have a doorbell, but she said the way that works is you press it and then it 
just like you described a minute ago, Renee, you intercom in and somebody at the desk or someone inside the church has to buzz you in after they give you permission after they, you know, say, okay, yeah, it's all right that you're here, you know, cause you would have to say, hi, this is crystal. Um, here with true crime broads, you know, they'd be like, okay, come on in, you know, and then they press, right. the button. there's not a button that you can push that just automatically lets you in. And I asked her a couple different ways to make sure we were on the same page and she understood me right away. She said, no, there was, that is no so button. awesome. I'm so glad you did that because I was just not in the mode for it. And I thought, you know what? Hi, you want to call him? And you were like, heck yeah. I'm yeah. so glad you did that. Thank well, you. And, oh, you're welcome. It's the least I could do. And then, then I, um, and then um, I said, I said, do you mind? I was very sheepish as I was hanging up because she was already so much nicer than I was expecting. I thought they're going to be like, because you know they get pestered about the case a lot. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. afraid she was going to be like, click, especially with all the chaos I heard in the background of the kids and stuff. Nicer. And I said, do you mind if I get your first name? Because I feel like um, the person that's been saying this is not going to believe me. She goes, it's Ann Wilson. <laughs> so I was like, man, she is backing up her. Yeah. She was back there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was cool. So anyway, if Ann ever is listening to this or anyone who knows her, major shout out to her for cleaning this up because it's been driving Renee. Oh yeah, it's been driving us crazy. And I mean it's just because it's not that that we want to be right. It's that I don't understand it. Like I don't I like I said, I don't understand, you know, when when somebody sells you something, they're gonna sell you, you know, this this door lock right here, it's very secure, you know, whatever. This door handle is really easy to turn and get in the door. How do you sell a button that opens a door that's supposed to be locked? I mean, I just don't get it. So I was like, um, yeah, I don't think that's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the source that was insisting that that's there says that he got it from um, – somebody who was actually there that morning, but I'm just still, I mean, I, just like you and I have said many times, there is no button in the history of the world that we're aware of that where you can walk up to an exterior door. Okay. And that's important to realize exterior door. I mean, do any of our listeners know of a door? Okay. So you're outside and you want to get into a commercial door. In this case, it's a church. So you're walking up to a door and it's locked. Does it make sense that there is a button that you push and now it's suddenly unlocked? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if any, the only kind of thing. <laughs> who would, who would put that on the building? I, that's like, exactly. That? That's what I'm saying. I can't even imagine. Because a bad guy, can you imagine all the bad guys in the world? The would be running around looking for gotta, buttons. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure. I mean. They're going to be called the button burglar. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, what if there's a magic button on this building and we don't even have to break it? Yeah, it's amazing. That, that would be, yeah, they would they would be uh, able to get away with a lot more and it would be super easy. <laughs> yeah, so just if every building, every commercial building had a magic button, then Which explains the why they don't have an alarm system, because if they did, it would be going off all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It is crazy. And just to think, you know, how fast would word spread? If there was a magic button that would let you into a commercial building, a commercial door like that, I mean, I would think that the first one that got installed, <laughs> the word you know, would be out. It would, get, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag magic button. <laughs> yeah, and then like from then on, every bad guy, every burglar, every robber, whatever, every burglar would be like, you know, f- let's just cruise around the building and see if there's a magic button. Initially, the per- yeah. the person told us it was under the handle. 
And then later he kind of said, oh, no, it's on the wall next to the door. Well, yeah, they do have a button on the wall next to the door, but it's a doorbell. And I and she was very careful to tell me that um, there, you know, she was very specific about there was no button then. There's no button now because she was been there since before the murders. And she said there was a doorbell then. We have the same doorbell now. One thing she said is different that they have now. And I assume this is because they have the preschool now. She said that they are required since they have a preschool. This was not there at the time of the murder. But the one thing that they have added is a little keyboard and you punch in if you're a parent that has a child in the preschool and you're there for pickup or you're there to you know drop off lunch or what have you then there is a keypad where you have a certain code and you can get in the building but that's only if you have a student there and they have given you a code yeah and you think that would have been explained if it if it was the case even though we know it wasn't because it wasn't there they would have been like well there's a keypad yeah and you punch in a code to get in and i guess each person because you know they would be able to track you know who's coming in for instance if you know little sally little sally's mom has got one code and another one's got another one they can you know track who's going in so missy would have had a different code but that's not what the case was this was a button that just opens the door right and like you said the keypad wasn't even here and that was new that was installed more recently so it wasn't there at the time of the murder so really the only quote-unquote button that this woman said could have possibly been at those doors was the doorbell yeah and that does not automatically let you in so i'm so glad to get this this um you know solved this mystery solved because it's been driving me nuts because I you know if somebody even you know even if somebody that was there explained it to me I'm gonna need you to explain it to me like can you show me a video can you can I go down there and see it and I've been to the church um you know and and I didn't see this button and I was like I mean is it hidden well and 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 we know (laughs) still don't understand why friend that the guy who actually who he and his partner actually repaired the actual door that um a lot of the doors there at the church and he's familiar with an awning door he said there was no button and you know i mean we got it confirmed from all over the place so it's really interesting though that the person who heard it from people who were there i don't know where the confusion lies but it's really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm open to, I don't either. One. I just can't believe that. I just can't believe there'd be a button that allows you to get in from the outside that easily. And number two, I just don't believe that the person that installed the doors and repaired the doors wouldn't know about it. And then the lady who has been managing the church for six years, wouldn't know about it. Cause she's in charge of deciding who gets to come in and who has, doesn't get to come in. Um, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, originally I had thought about, you know, I used to work for a company, me um, and my husband did, where we traveled out of state and we would go to nursing homes and we uh, would sell um, nurse uh, attire, scrubs and so forth to the, the staff. And in doing that, there would be a button that you would push and it was like a kind of like a handicap button where you could push it so it opened the door so that people in wheelchairs could actually roll in and get into the door but it wasn't a button that would just open it 
any time it was you know like I said specifically for handicapped people or if somebody was coming in with like we would go in with those use that button to go in but it was it wasn't something that would work when the door was locked obviously and it didn't work whenever they were closed it only worked when they were open and the door was completely unlocked it just you know open kind of like the automatic doors in the stores so that's kind of what I was thinking of and I was just like but that still doesn't make any sense because if the door's locked you know whatever so then I wondered because there's two sets of doors there's a the, the first set of doors and then there's the second set of doors but my issue with that is is every time we've seen uh, a couple people have went over to the church and they've done videos. I think Tim did one. A couple other people did one. And every time we've ever seen these, and you look through those first set of doors, the entry yeah, doors every time. are open. So I can't even think that it would be that that they're talking about because we're, we're the whole discussion was surrounding how did the campers get into the church because Missy was inside. It was unfortunate that someone had murdered her. How did they get into the church? So it wasn't how did they get into the second set of doors? It's how did they? Yeah, and I was about to say that, and just to kind of clear up why Renee and I are so concerned about this button is because we had the early arrivers who ended up, you know, the people that normally came at four thirty to work out early. Both of them had mishaps that caused them not to come. One of them just didn't want to come because it was raining. And the other one didn't come because she had a flat tire and her son came and changed it. And by the time she got there, it was five. So it wasn't, she was no longer early for the class. So, but there was one man who was going to go to the 430 workout for the first time ever. He was visiting the class for the first time. So, and um, he arrived and could not get in the doors, but he could tell Missy was there. Her car, I mean, her truck was pulled up under the awning. It, the doors were open. Obviously, she was right in the process of preparing for class. So he was just puzzled. And he was outside in the rain under the awning. And he attempted to get in the door, but it was locked. Now, this is where the controversy comes in. Um, our source had told us that he spoke to people that were there that whenever the one lady showed up at five o'clock, the one that had the flat tire and her son had to change it. Um, she got there at five and said, Oh, I can get in. No problem. And apparently this is where the magic button comes in. She knows where it is and she pushes it and gets in under the awning. I just don't know about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't know about that. No, I don't either. Uh, that's the part that has stumped me. We, we've been so stumped about it. And I do, we just want to understand it because that's a huge part of the story. You know, it's how did everybody get in and how did everybody get to Missy and call 911 and so forth. And so it's just been about yeah. this button. And I just, I. And, and the, person, both and the like, person that was what? under the awning that <laughs> you know? was supposed to be one of the early workout participants at 430 who couldn't get in because unfortunately Missy was inside dead he didn't know that he just saw that her car doors were open and he couldn't get in this guy's no dummy I mean he he manages a local coffee shop restaurant um you know he if there was a button it seems like he could have figured that out you know so I'm very confused right well or, or yeah. she would have told him or I would imagine she would have said you know hey there's going to be a button over to the side just press right. it. come on in whatever I mean of course, I'm sure she was probably in and out with her stuff or maybe, you know, I don't know. We, I wish we could get somebody that, that had been there either 
that day or before that day that could tell us exactly right. how the and, and you know worked. so then I get and the reason why because I, I have had we've had the same person that challenged us on this ask us why do we keep making such a big deal of the button anyway and the reason why is because it it tells us whether or not the camp participants could gain access to that building by themselves. I kind of think that that early arriver lady might've had a key on her and wasn't supposed to. Um, and maybe, yeah, I remember you said yeah, that. That's and what so I was I'm thinking, thinking like, I agree with you. And I think maybe that's why it was just kind of kept on the down low that, okay, there's just a button. Everybody get away from me. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. And the reason why we make a big deal out of it is because we have, uh, a murder that just took place inside and then you have participants that a participant that can't get in then suddenly someone arrives and they can get in so you know being able to gain access to the building where a, br- a brutal murder had taken place it's 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 significant to us so um yeah it, does. it is a big it deal and it really something. is um we're not saying that any of the participants had anything to do with it it just it would just be good to know like how the heck did they get in there before the police arrived? Because apparently they were performing um, some combination of the people that were there already were giving um, Missy um, CPR when the, when the paramedics arrived and how did they get inside and get to her? Right. Um, you know, I've also heard that they had breached the door somehow. I don't know if they broke glass. I don't know what happened. So, but if there's a magic button, then I guess that answers the question. We just don't know. But after talking to the door company that installed the doors and repaired the doors and after the murder and talking to the lady who manages the church, I feel pretty comfortable saying there's no button. We're just going to have to leave it there for now yeah, until someone I proves otherwise. You. I want a picture of this button. No one's been able to produce a picture. <laughs> it were... I do too. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were actually I couldn't even produce one at the church. So. <laughs> so, yeah, we haven't seen it. We have not seen it. And the, <laughs> and it, the doors it. are the same. We got that verified from the door company that actually put them in. So, um, okay. So, moving on. Um, our next episode, um, unless something crazy happens with the Missy Beavers case, we are going to cover a different case. We're going to go over the Chris Watts case. We're going to take a little bit different angle. We will, of course, discuss what happened, but then we're going to kind of veer off into some other things that not every podcast talks about. And um, we will, of course, talk about Missy also. Anytime we bring up another case, we always find some way to work her back into the conversation. So we will find something about her case to discuss as well. And um, did you have anything else, Renee? I think I've covered everything I wanted to cover. I think so. I think that's it. I, I um I am looking forward to doing the Chris Watts case. Um, I think it's going to be good, and I, I like you said, we're going to try to go with a different angle than what most people talk about. So it's going to be a really good episode. And um, yeah, I think we covered everything that we need to cover. Um, we we do need to uh, talk about was it YouTube? I don't know. That's okay. Sorry, I, got, I, I completely well, lost my train of thought. There was something we were going to we were going to hmm. talk about on one of the social media. Um, I don't remember, but um, I was going to say that before, if if you don't remember what you wanted to talk about YouTube, I will. Before we hang up, I wanted to give a another shout out to Lil Bleepo. He has um, I haven't shouted him out in a long time, and he has been so nice to let us use his music, and he is our 
um, next time um, on our next podcast, we'll introduce a new little Bleepo song at the at the end of the show. But he's just been really nice to let us use his music for our theme music. And he is available. It's Lil Bleepo, L-I-L, Bleepo, B-L-E-E-P-O. He's available on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. And um, I'm sure he would appreciate the downloads if you're enjoying his music on our podcast. And yeah, if did you think of what it was? Because I'm happy to talk about YouTube. We do have our podcast uploaded to YouTube. Thanks to um, Renee. That's a painstaking process. And she has been so nice to do that for us. And I know a lot of people, we do have, I wouldn't say a lot, but we've got a handful of people that say they just don't really listen to podcasts, but they don't mind um, doing YouTube. So that's helpful that you did that. Thanks, Renee. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got to get it finished though. I haven't been able to finish it because it is, like you said, it is a long process. It's, there's like four or five different things you have to do per episode. So, and there's been times when I've done some that I went and looked at them and then it would (sighs) say it failed. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So if you see, if you do go on YouTube and you do look at our episodes and they just look kind of crazy, just, just be patient with me because it is not easy. (laughs) Whoever Yes, into oh that. Gosh. It does a lot of it. That's I give them amazing that you freaking way thumbs up because it's hard. That. All right. Well, I guess that's, that's the end of our You're podcast welcome. for today. We'll look forward to talking to you in a couple of days about Crosswalks. And we really appreciate each and every one of our listeners. If you like our podcast, yep. please hop over to Apple and podcast and give us five stars if you don't mind. Um, or um, I think there's like a couple more where you can rate people. I think it's like iTunes and um, I forgot the other one, but um, if you don't mind giving us five stars, we would greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Take care. Bye-bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Skirt off the block, black, black. 12 on the clock I paint cash, you do the math I bust the bag, you take the tab I cut you fast, you out of gas Skirt off the block, 12 on the clock I paint cash, you do the math I bust the bag, you take the tab I cut you fast, you out of gas